Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Now, here's the host of WP Tonic, Jonathan Dinwood and John Locke. Welcome to WP Tonic, episode... 208. Today we're talking about the Gutenberg editor and how that's going to be rolled into WordPress core very shortly, our thoughts on it, and where WordPress might be going from here. Yes, John. Um, we um, had a guest, but um, they've had to reschedule. But yeah. we thought it was a good opportunity to talk about this particular subject, didn't we, John? Yeah, absolutely. This seems to be something that everybody in WordPress is talking about. This is definitely a big deal. And for those who don't know, this is a change that is definitely coming to WordPress. It is scheduled to drop in uh, WordPress 4.0, which will probably be by the end of the year. And what's going to happen is Gutenberg right now is a plugin that makes changes to the uh, editor. And in these are these are kind of uh, going to be changes that everybody that uses WordPress needs to get used to. Um, so essentially, it's it, right now when you log in, you have uh, your visual and your text editor tabs. A lot of people use the visual editor, and a lot of people use the uh, text editor. They're more on the developmental side. But what this Gutenberg plugin is going to do is it basically uh, is going to mimic more closely the editor style of uh, Medium. So um, one thing that, that's changing is you have to create a content block for each uh, paragraph and whatnot, the way that it stands right now. Though so this may change. Well, yeah, they, um, they're already talking about exploring, adding drag and drop and multi-column support for blocks, aren't they? Yeah, most definitely. This is uh, this project is changing like um, rapidly. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> uh, to say it's fluid would be an understatement, would it? Yeah. Um, I think it fundamentally, um, as one as one of our co-hosts on one of our roundtable Friday shows, Morton from Linda stated. Um, I thought they were looking at really improving text and you got the content um, area. Um, you know, you've got page title and then you've got the classic content area. And we've had the same basic editing morphology for quite a while now, haven't we, John? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And a part of what's driving this change is, uh, at the state of the word, last year, uh, Matt Mullenweg said that they were going to focus this year completely on uh, the editor and design and user experience uh, for creators. So a lot of what they're doing is trying to uh, kind of bridge the gap between where WordPress started, which was... uh, a blogging platform and then where content creation is today. And you look at uh, 
platforms like Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, there are more uh, drag and drop elements. Or you look at Medium, um, you know, you create like block elements, like say a paragraph here, image here. And uh, what they're trying to do is basically make it easier for people who are used to these tools to use WordPress. That's how I interpret it. Yeah, yeah, that 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 does seem to be the route they're going down. Where I originally thought um, that it was going to like really be improvement of the basic text and image editor, um, and utilize some of the methodologies um, that Medium have been using recently. Um, not not totally copy it, but um, it in a in look and style, it has very similar elements, doesn't it, John? But um, by what Morton said a few weeks ago, their ambition is to um, build something that is more like a page building um, functionality in the core WordPress, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Here's a, a little quote that I want to share from Yoast uh, uh, who um, the, the guy behind the Yoast plugin, uh, the SEO plugin that everyone uses. And this comes from the Word and Press blog, What Does Gutenberg me Mean for Plugin Authors? Uh, and believe me, there's about 20 bazillion uh, articles on Gutenberg right now floating around the WordPress community. But what, what uh, Yo said is, we love what Gutenberg means for the future of WordPress. The new editor experience comes with some new concepts around the publishing experience. And an example of one of the new concepts discussed for Gutenberg is a pre-publishing workflow that allows for an intermediate step between being done with writing your post and actually having your post published. We're actively thinking about integrating our snippet preview there. The concepts of little blocks also allows for a deep optimization of how we analyze post content as instead of analyzing the whole thing, we could do it block by block. This also means giving feedback at a block level. So they're really looking at reimagining their plugin um, because of how the Gutenberg editor, once it's rolled into core, is going to uh, affect the editing experience uh, when you're creating pages and posts on WordPress. Yeah, it really does. Um, what? How do you see that? You know, obviously, it's not. I don't know how to frame this. Obviously, it's not it's not the best news for the page building plugins, the third party ones at the present moment, or, or do you think that's overstating it? Well, I think, you know, and again, we've had this discussion on the panel a couple of times where everybody interacts with WordPress a little bit differently. Some people use uh, WordPress out of the box and they just use the default uh, text and visual editor, uh, which is like Microsoft Word. Uh, and some people use uh, ACF fields to build a site. Some people use a page builder like Beaver Builder, Elementor, or Conductor uh, to, to build a page. And then some people just use a, a, a premium theme that they bought from somewhere like Envato. So everybody interacts with it differently. But what this is going to do, basically there's uh, they're, they're adding a, a new part to core where there's comment blocks that, um, if, if you look at the source code for these things right now, it's basically each block uh, is, is comp there is like comments, like HTML comments uh, around it. 
so e each little block will will be its own uh, part but i do think overall that this will help this is a step that they need to take if they want to grow market share from 27 percent uh to the the 50 percent mark that that i imagine that they're going for yeah definitely um if they really want that growth they on reflection they would have to really do something like this wouldn't they um you know, I think in reality, um, like Wix, like um, their main competitor at the present moment it, or competitors are these hosted solutions in e-commerce and in general website building, isn't it, John? Yeah, and I think um, at, the, at the end, I think, you know, this could affect the page builder market say like your beaver builders your visual composers those different sorts of things i think i think in the end game it will affect those um because i think that wordpress core they want to push it closer to something like squarespace yeah definitely i think we should go for a break john and then when we come right. back we discuss this a little bit more you got it We'll come back from the break in a minute and we'll be talking more about the Gutenberg project, which is being rolled into WordPress core probably by the end of 2017. See you in a minute. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back from the break, and we're continuing our discussion on Gutenberg, which is as it exists right now, a plugin, but it is getting rolled into WordPress core in uh, 4.0 by the end of the year. I think another thing is uh, it's going to break backward compatibility, and I think it's going to be one of the only... Um, that's, that's a quite a big move, isn't it, John? Yeah, this is actually going to be the very first... Uh, thing that's ever been rolled into WordPress core that will break backwards compatibility. And so as far as us as consultants, as people who build websites, web designers, we need to be uh, experimenting with this on our own, using it and seeing how it affects uh, sites. So one thing I want to point out, any sites that were created with the old method uh, like however you built it in the text editor, in the visual editor uh, that comes with WordPress, those will remain. Any new posts after this is rolled into core uh, will be affected by uh, Gutenberg. So the old posts will remain the same. Anything new will be created using this methodology. So I think we should be uh, testing. Everybody that uses WordPress should be testing this and finding out so they can teach their clients how to use it once it does roll out. But do you actually think it's going to actually break themes? Um, if a theme 
that has been kept updated. I mean, you know, um, the plugins mm. and, you know, just hasn't been left for like a year, two years with no updates or anything, which you do come across, unfortunately. Um, but a theme that's been actively updated to some context, do you think it's still going to, you know, I suppose it just depends on the coding quality, doesn't it, John? Well, yeah, I really think it's going to depend. I would... Um, well, because here's the thing, every website is a little bit different because you've got WordPress core underneath, but which version of WordPress core do you have? Hopefully you've got the most recent, but then your theme and your combination of plugins is going to be different from any other site. So yeah, I, I would say it just depends. I would presume that you know some of the more popular plugins that have a lot of downloads and they have active development teams like Yoast SEO uh, you know like your uh, those sorts of ones where, where you have a team behind them I would presume that those ones are not going to break um, once Gutenberg rolls into core now where I would be concerned is more the theme authors maybe that you might see on theme forest where they don't have a team where it's a single author or plugins where it's one person uh, building a plugin in their spare time. That's where I would be more concerned. Yeah. Uh, that's how I see it. Um, I also thought the, um, I thought was, I've been surprised that the amount of um, the growth in the page builders in a way, because I always always thought it wasn't um, things like um, Beaver Builder, Elementor, and, and Divi Free. Um, they were aimed. I always thought they were more aimed at the power user, kind of semi-professional graphic designer, um, WordPress consultant type, than just your average small business owner. Do you think I might be right about that, or is it a much bigger audience? Well, I'll tell you just from my personal observation and the people that I've run across, Beaver Builder and Elementor, Conductor, uh, Visual Composer, those are more aimed toward people who build sites for other people for a living. Um, those are the tools that they choose. And I would say that something like Divi, is aimed more toward people who want to do it themselves. All right. At least what I've seen. No, you're, you're more active in that side. Um, why do you have any insights why that is? Um, I think people just search and they come across Divi and it is something that they can wrap their head around. And it's, uh, you know, it's just a theme. So, I mean, they have a separate plug-in now. They do, don't they? Yeah, um, it, yeah. See, one of the things, folks, is that this is such a dynamic area of WordPress that um, the changes are coming thick and fast. And um, But with almost all three of these commercial products, they're in a bit of an arms race, aren't they, John? Well, they're already behind when it comes to that. But again, I mean this reminds me of, of when they introduced post formats and they were trying to compete with Tumblr and then that kind of fell by the wayside. Um, but I do think that this is a more existential threat uh, to, I mean, not that they're hurting. They have a large, large market share, but 
I think if the goal is to grow it like further, then I think you have to hit it head on the, the competitors that um, are taking up that market share. But really think about it. I mean, from a business perspective, this is not so much for .org. This is more for the .com, WordPress.com yeah. side of the business than it is for the self-hosted. I think that that's just a side effect. Yeah, um Oh, the other thing, because I, I wrote a very long article about all this, folks, about DV comparing the three leaders, and um, it's slightly out out the scope of the uh, initial part of this discussion, but um, the only thing about DV, funny enough, was their actual pricing model. But um, on the other hand, elegant themes have been in the WordPress area for quite a period of time. I think over four or five years, haven't they, John? Well, I'll tell you what. Elegant Themes has been around for a while, but if you Google WordPress themes, just WordPress themes, they're usually right up there, like one or two. Like it's them and Theme Forest. Yeah. Um, they have a hell of an SEO team, I've got to tell you that. So. <laughs> well, they do write a lot of articles, don't they? But yeah. the, only, the only concern I've had about Divi is their actual pricing model because they offer a lifetime license um, that includes support and updates for the lifetime. And that hasn't panned out too well with other um, people in the WordPress ecosystem, has it, John? No, but I will tell you something elegant and and getting back to their pricing model. I, I know what you're saying. They had a lifetime theme. I actually have a subscription, like an annual subscription to them because I have, I think it's about four clients that have elegant themes right now. Uh, but a lot of these older themes that they have are not really actively, you know, updated. Like mm. they're updated, but they're not really like... Yeah freshened up divi is really like where they're putting all their effort yeah. so so yeah i see where you're coming from so um but i am a little bit um jittery when i see that because in general i think that's also been an ongoing discussion over the past months that um basic plugins and themes in the wordpress ecosystem are priced a bit too low basically and you've seen a number of plug-in um, shops and increasing their prices haven't you yeah and there's been a lot of backlash about that but i mean most notably with woocommerce but also when uh easy digital downloads increased their pricing uh people were up in arms but i think that's a good way to go because I think, and, and I'm not saying that to, to uh, because I th just want to see prices like go up, but I think that every business needs to be sustainable. And I, I think for too long, uh, people have uh, maybe not considered like, you know, even the, the free plugins in the repository, uh, somebody has to be given up their time to maintain those. So I think if you're building a business, uh, on top of stuff, you know, the price of the plugin should be sustainable. And if you're using those plugins to build your own business or build a client business, you know, the, the price needs to be reasonable but sustainable. I don't think that, I haven't seen anybody with prices that I think are uh, too high. Uh, I don't think so at all. So, 
It really, it it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, I think maybe the way it was done with WooCommerce wasn't done. Woo, sorry, should get the name right now, shouldn't I? Woo! Um, woo! Um, it wasn't done in the in the best way, was it, John? On reflection, um, would you agree with that? Well, yeah, and we discussed this a little bit on last week's panel, uh, for sure. But I think they could have told people, um, you know, ahead of time uh, that that part they they messed up, but. I think as far as like increasing the price, if that's what they need to do to make it make sense for, from a business perspective, I'm fine with that. And I've got to be, I've got to be truthful. Um, I'm, um, and, and, and to clarify for the people at home, sorry to cut you off there, but it it wasn't just, it wasn't really a price increase. It was the discount that people were getting for renewing a plugin. Instead, say if you bought a plugin at one ninety nine, you'd renew it at ninety nine dollars, and um, and that was just a thing that like a lot of plugins did in the WordPress community. I think it was just Monkey See, Monkey Do. Like they're doing it, I'll do it too. And all it was is they just said, well, if you bought it at one ninety nine, you renew it each year. You pay one ninety nine. That's what people were getting up in arms about. So, yeah, yeah. But funny enough, John. I totally disagree with that, actually. Um, I actually think, in general, I, I do actually believe that the initial purchase of themes and plugins are too cheap, right? Um, but I also think that they sh- that um, there should be some discount for the next, re- uh, when you renew after like a year's period of time. Um to encourage people to keep their plugins up to date. Um, I know, you know, if they're running a proper business, blah, 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 they shouldn't even hesitate about that. But I think um, it does encourage people, if the site seems to be working okay, to skip renewing the plugins. But what is, what is against my argument there, John, is that I read a piece on the tavern that said even with the discounts, um, only it just mine, it just I couldn't actually believe the statistic. And um, if I get a spare moment, I'm going to attempt to try and find if the sources sure, that can. Sure. Well, it's, they were saying that only ten to twenty percent of people, even with the discount, redo which I found absolutely mind-boggling. Well, I will tell you why that is, Jonathan. Um, And maybe this is not as common in other, uh, maybe it's not as common in the Drupal world or the Joomla world, but it seems to be prevalent in the WordPress world. Um, There's a lot of people that get there, they'll hire somebody, they'll find a person, like maybe some college kid with a semester of experience somewhere, and they'll hire them to build their site, or maybe the boss's son or nephew or niece or whatever, and they'll build the site, and uh, then that, whatever, that person will go away, and then the business owner is so busy in their business that they just never update the theme, they never update the plugins, and they have, because no one's there to tell them, like, hey, you need to do this, or you know, uh, things can break or bad things can happen. But in any bigger business, 
people update that stuff. They have a budget for that. They have web consultants either on staff or advising them uh, in a consultory position to, uh, you know, keep their plugins updated. So I, I think a lot of it is, is because of the easy barrier uh, of entry with WordPress, a lot of people build sites, but then fade out because again, they have to go get a nine to five because their rates are too low. Um, or they just move on to different things yeah. where the bus business owner sets it up themselves and then they never renew because they just don't know what they don't know. So thoughts, what are your thoughts on that? No, that sounds totally, um, in a lot of the cases and in, in a lot, in, unless you, unless you need certain functionality or you know, um, you're always going to be limited by what you're going to be able to do with a hosted system. Um, to you know, that's that comes with the territory. That's the kind of Freudian bargain you play with a hosted solution. But with Shopify and some of the others, you know, um, it can be totally okay, can't it? As long as you understand, and a lot of those people, they'll be probably better off with a, a more up-to-date, more powerful version of WordPress.com, aren't they? Well, like I said, the one thing that WordPress.com doesn't have at this point is e-commerce, uh, though a lot of people suspect that that's coming sometime in the near future. Uh, but like you're saying, like if somebody's building an e-commerce store, I only recommend WooCommerce if they already have some sort of revenue either coming in through yeah. physical sales through the front door or some established uh, online presence. And I, I'm with you in a lot of ways that if somebody has no proven revenue model, they're best to start with something like Shopify because the risk is a lot lower. They can just spend 25 or 30 bucks a month and see if they get business in the door. If they need a dedicated site that's like a dedicated shop that's built into their actual website and they have a proven revenue uh, coming in the door, then yes, let's. Then they should go with something like WooCommerce or another e-commerce solution on WordPress. Yeah, I think we need to wrap it up now, John. Um, well, I thought it, I think it's been worth the discussion because I think with the change in the editor, it's going to be it's going to be one of the most core fundamental changes that that not developers. You know, there's been some rapid other changes over the past year, isn't there? But they've touched more the developer type. I think as a public-facing change, this is going to be one of the more dramatic changes that we've seen for the past two or three years. Would you agree with that, John? No, I think it's going to be a dramatic change. I think it's going to be an ongoing change. I will tell you something, though, like a lot of people from the outside really do I uh, think that this is a good thing. I think it's a lot of people on the inside that think it's a bad thing. I do think it's moving a little fast, but uh, they do need to do something. Um, so oh, I yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So yeah, it, go on, John, you wrap it up. Okay, so uh, if anyone is getting value from this show, we encourage you to go to iTunes, leave a review, just uh, open the podcast app, search for WP Tonic uh, or on Android, and, uh, you know, go and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and with that, we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, you can find me at my website, which is lockdowndesign.com. 
You can follow me on Twitter, lockdown underscore, or hit up my Facebook page. Uh, just search for Lockdown Design. Jonathan, how do we get a hold of you? Oh, it's really simple, folks. Either on my Twitter feed at Jonathan Denwood, or you can email me at WP um, Tonic website. Um, that's at Jonathan at WP Tonic.com. Or you can leave a remark on the, our Facebook page. Um, that's it, really. Um, and like what um, John said, uh, you know, if you're getting value from the podcast, you know, leave us a comment or even better, leave us a review on iTunes. That really does help the show, doesn't it, John? Absolutely. Uh, it totally does. So there you go. For the WP Tonic Posse in effect, we're saying peace out and get your dose. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.